Where's my badge? Uh, Molly, I have no genitals. How do I pee? How do I shit? I mean, I don't even have nipples. These are just mounts. My whole body's like a fucking dolphin. Just, just perfect, round, huge mounts. What? Look at my body. I am beautiful. No, don't get sucked in. This is our nightmare, Amy. I know this is unrealistic and bad for women, but is it bad? Because I feel pretty good. I mean, this ass won't quit. All right. Boogie again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Booms. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, we are remote once again. <laughs> Believe it or not, the country is still fucked. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah, who would have thought, you know? Oh I, I don't know what the number was last time we did this, but I can guarantee it's about uh, 80,000 more than it was last week. So, yeah. I know Florida's got over 6,000. Yeah, not to get too much into politics because we don't want to stay too long on it, but uh, I don't know what the hell's on with Florida, man. <laughs> How the hell that dumbass doesn't shut everything down? Like when you look at the the state maps and all the shaded uh, states that have uh, gone into lockdown and we, we're like one of five, and if you were to ask me beforehand what state would you have to worry about with like ignorant people uh, fucking shit up, uh, Florida would probably be number one on that list. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. <laughs> Whatever, I'm staying in. I'm staying in. When there's a million people dead in Florida, it won't be either of us. <laughs> I know, right? It's ridiculous. Uh, so, what have you been up to? Uh, watching some movies, man. Yeah, what have you been watching? Yeah. Um, so I watched um, Volunteers. Which oh, was... what you think? Yeah, dude, I thought it was fun. I thought it was really funny. Um, I thought, uh, John Candy, even though I thought he had a much bigger role in the movie, Oh, really? but I also, well, yeah, just from the way y'all explained it, you know what I mean? But like, I get it. Like he's still got a very significant role, mm -hmm. um, because every time he's on screen, he's fucking funny, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, I, you know, I just, I thought the whole, uh, like the, the black market King and everything like that and his oh. palace and. And I'm pretty sure, I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure one of those sumo guys was uh, Professor Tanaka. Oh, really? Yeah, that's possible I'm, for sure. I'm. It's right around that time frame. Like, it, it looked a lot like him, but I just couldn't quite tell. Yeah, man. And um, the, the guy from 16 Candles, Long Duck Dong, he was just hilarious. Oh, he was great, dude. That side guy, man. Yeah, the whole movie was sure. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, also watched Uncut Gems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh my god, dude! Pretty powerful, huh? <laughs> wow, man! Like, talk about a roller coaster ride. Yeah, uh, I. It was insane. Yeah, a man. lot of people can't can't watch it. I've I've heard about a lot of people having to stop it or walk away from it because it's just it messes with their senses too much. And I get it. I didn't have that much of a problem with it. I kind of fell right into it and everything. But I get it because it's like nonstop. People are talking over each other. Uh, even my wife was in the room when I watched it and they were like, man, people are just screaming at each other. This whole movie. I said, yeah, yeah. I said that kind of yeah. makes it, but it, it was fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. It was absolutely phenomenal, but I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it just was, and it was, it was incredible. Adam Sandler, incredible. You know what I mean? Like, um, God dude, you know, just, and I, I won't go into it cause we're not talking about that, but like, yeah. 
it was a phenomenal movie. Like I definitely suggest people seeing it, but like at the same time, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if you want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Cool. Anything else? Yeah. Um, a couple of the ones we're going to be talking about today. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That's what I did. I ended up watching a whole bunch of the ones. Uh, I was thrilled that most of mine were either a streaming or, uh, I think all mine were streaming except one that I had a DVD of, but, uh, the rest of them were, uh, uh, available online if everyone wants to do a search for them. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, we've been, we're going to do, obviously, Dave's not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be here the next two episodes, though. So you'll get your, your full dose of Dave the next two weeks because he's going to do the second uh, Tom Hanks pod and then we're going to do a Star Trek pod uh, together. And uh, I'd like to say, hopefully, by that time we'll be uh, uh, back to normal, but I kind of highly doubt it. <laughs> I kind of highly doubt it too, man. Yeah, it's really shitty, but but yeah, today just to make everything light and uh, everyone feel better, we're gonna do some twenty uh, tens to twenty nineteen uh, comedy pod. Absolutely, which is perfect for us because this is not Dave's wheelhouse, anyways, and it would probably even be more difficult than most comedy for Dave because I think the last ten years, I'm not, I couldn't be positive he's seen more than three or four comedies. <laughs> Right, yeah. He he can handle an 80s and a 90s, but uh, 2010s, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But we definitely, we've got some good flicks here we could talk about. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, So yeah, I'll just jump right into it. Jump right in, man. Um, So this is something we all wish we had right now. (laughs) Going to go with uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh shit, yeah, man. I love this one. (laughs) This is a fun movie, God, man. It really uh, is, and I still haven't seen the sequel to it, but I, I hear it's just not quite as good, but... Uh, it's all right. It's all right. It, it's all, you know, it's all right. It's funny. It's got its moments. There are some repeated jokes, but, like, you kind of expect that. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it's it's fun, but it's not as fun as the first one. I mean, that, that uh, first one, what made it for me was that cast, really. They, they did an amazing job with that cast. Yeah, oh, definitely, man. Um, you know, John Cusack and uh, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson and, was so funny, man. Oh, he's so great, dude. Well, no one, um, no and, one beat the other guy. What the the bald guy? And that's I was just I was just about to say I can never remember his name. I always get him confused with Rob Corddry, but I know he's a different person. Really? Um, then now that you said Rob Corddry, I swear that that's who it is. <laughs> is it Rob Corddry? Then I, I, maybe I, I'm. Th- I think it is. Ah, uh, <laughs> I. I I don't think it is. Really? Damn. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to do an amendment if I'm incorrect. <laughs> um, and then the kid. The kid's uh, great. Know, he was. In, I don't know his name, but he's great. Yeah, he was in a show called Greek for the longest time that was on like uh, the Family Channel that my uh, girl used to watch, and it was one of the more tolerable shows. But he was great in it. I always thought he, that that kid was going to go on and do other shit. Yeah, he was on The Office for like the last two or three seasons, and he was on uh, uh, the first kick-ass maybe the second one too but the first one for sure he was one of the friends oh really yeah it was him and quicksilver that. the uh, the guy who played quicksilver in the x-men movies okay his yeah good friends yeah so yeah huh. well, tell us a little bit about uh hot tub dime machine then for those so who don't I, know I, it you know what i i think you're right i think it is rob cordry yeah I think um yeah um so these guys were all friends back in high school you know the four of them um or the three of them and then you know the kid so the kid wasn't friends with him obviously but um you know they were friends back in high school they all like kind of went their own separate ways and you know everything like that and rob cordry was kind of the one who just 
really wish that nothing ever changed, you know, and he, um, he comes flying down the street listening to, can you remember who he's listening to? It's not Zeppelin. Oh, um, it's a good he's question. listening to some, just some rock music. I just can't think of who it is. Um, all eighties heavy metal kind of guy. Oh, but remember he, he, <laughs> he changes the name at the, <laughs> Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Damn it, that's too bad. Um, so he pulls into his garage, and he's just jamming out to this song, you know, and he's drunk, and he's sitting in there drinking, and he closes the garage by mistake and leaves his, like, Trans Am running, and he's just, like, revving on the gas, and he ends up filling it up with, you know, exhaust, and he almost dies from, like, carbon <laughs> that's monoxide right, That's poison. right. Yeah. Um, and so they contact his friends, Craig Robinson and John Cusack, and they come to like see him, you know, and they think that he's tried to kill himself when in reality he was just being a dumbass and he was drunk, you know? <laughs> and so, so they decide like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a trip back to where, you know, the old place, or the old hangout, you know, which was like a ski club, um, you know, where we, everything was great, you know? And, and of course, Rob Corddry, who's like a complete fucking loser is like, and you guys are going to pay for everything. Right. <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, we're going to pay for everything. So they end up going to this resort and like the, you know, there's a, a hot tub in their room and like, it turns out, you know, that it, it's, it's a hot tub time machine because they have this stuff called like Chernobyl or something like that. It's like a Russian energy drink that has like, Tri ultra tritranium mm. in it or something it's so you know? stupid but it works <laughs> right and and who's the guy um i'm just his name's escaping me from back to the future uh um, oh, crispin glover yes so when they get to the hotel he's this bellhop and he's got one arm and he's just the meanest son of a bitch you've ever fucking seen in your life yeah. right so they end up going back in time. They're in the same hotel room. They go back to the 80s, you know, so they are their teenage uh, selves all over again. Yeah, like we're think, seeing them as their actors, but if they look in the mirror, we see them as they're young. Exactly. Yeah. At first, they, you know, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Well, Crispin Glover shows up and he's got both arms and they just start freaking out. So instantly, that's like a side story in the movie of its own is how the fuck is he going to lose his arm, you know? and Probably Rob the best Cordry, little thing in the movie, too. Oh, my God. And Rob Corddry is just cannot wait to oh, yeah. see him lose his arm. It's like, you here know? comes, here comes, here comes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of just funny things that happen, and, like, they all kind of go back on their own journey of where they were and where they feel like they went wrong and everything like that. And, you know, like, I mean, I can go into it all, but, like, it's just, it's an all-around. I mean, really it had some movie. really good um, uh, time travel stuff in there, too. I mean, it wasn't just all about the comedy, which is what I really enjoyed about it. I was like, this is a good time travel movie, you know? Yeah, no, it really was, you know? And, like, <laughs> there's that one part where Craig, Craig Robinson goes, it's like we jumped in some kind of, hot tub time machine and looks at the, you know, it looks, it looks at, the, at the camera, the screen, you know? Uh, um, and like, that's the thing. It's a really good time travel movie. Yeah. It's just the time machine is a joke in itself, you know? And, uh, I guess we should mention uh, there's, there's a mechanic for that time machine too. Yeah, exactly. And Chevy <laughs> chase is like, he's like the timekeeper, you know, cause they break the hot tub and he just shows up every now and again and just, you know, kind of gives them clues and riddles as to what's really going on and yeah. stuff. And what's your, um, uh, what's your favorite scene from it? 
Ah, man. I I mean, there's a couple of them. Like, the one where John Cusack ends up getting stabbed in the eye is really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, You know, because he has to break up with his girlfriend, but he decides he's not going to do it. And then she breaks up with him anyways, and he says, well, you're going to get fat. And she fucking stabs him in the eye. She's like, I'm not going to get fat, you know? like I love these. There's several scenes I love. I love when Craig uh, Robinson first realizes they're back, and he comes up to that random person and says, Michael Jackson, is he black or white? Is he black or white? And he's like, black, and he's like, no. (laughs) I also love the uh, the threesome scene with Rob Corddry. I was about to have the threesome with the kid. (laughs) Yeah. That's fucking hysterical, Man, too. really, really funny. So I own this, and I have, like, you know, the unedited version. And there's one scene where Craig Robinson, you know, is, like, supposed to have sex with this girl that he had sex with back then. But he, he doesn't want to do it because he's married, and he feels like he's, like, cheating on his wife. Yeah. Well, in the, in the uncut version, they show that scene, and he's, like, in the tub having sex with the girl. And he's just like fucking crying the yeah. whole time, dude. Oh, it's so. I might funny. have seen that version too. I love when he calls her in like the past. Yes. Oh my god! Yes. And the father answers, and he just gets angry at yes. the father. Hang the oh, phone up, so Walt, or something funny, like dude. that. Oh yeah. my god! I just got nothing to do with you. <laughs> like, oh man! Yeah, yeah it so was that, really, really, a really good. Fun movie. Yeah, and I love the ending. The ending where it's, it's similar to like one of the Back to the Future endings, where the uh, the kind of like Back to the Future 2, how Biff changed everything when he went back. Rob Corddry kind exactly. of did that when he came back. Mot- Motley Lou. That's, that's Motley Lou, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Lugal and, and stuff like that. Oh, my God. Google. He doesn't yeah. do enough, man, in my opinion. That guy is fucking funny. Yeah, no, he really, really yeah, is. He's been uh, on a couple random TV shows, I know, and I know he lends his voice here and there to, like, Family Guy and stuff. He's kind of in tight with those guys. But, yeah, he doesn't nearly... He should be, like, a household name to people. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Sweet. Yeah, that's a good one, man. I definitely... I still got to look for the second one just because I love those guys, you know, and I think almost... Are they all in the second one, too? Everybody except for John Cusack. Okay. And and what happens in the second one is is they end up going to the future instead of the past. Yeah, which and makes sense. I mean, that would be the way to do it. The the guy who took his place, he was well placed. It's the guy from uh, oh, what's that uh, Christmas horror movie that's got the other guy that's not Rob Corddry. Oh, oh, you're talking about uh, Adam uh, Adam uh, Damn something or other. Yeah. The guy from uh, friggin' Step Brothers. He was the Step Brother. Yeah. Damn, yeah, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's really he's funny. funny. In in my opinion, I like him even more than John Cusack. <laughs> John Cusack. I mean, I, John Cusack. The problem with John Cusack to me is everyone says he's kind of a dick, and it and I end up thinking that every time I'm in the role, and he's notorious for like doing movies that he doesn't really feel like he should be doing, and he comes out afterwards and say says that, and you're like, well, how much better could that a movie have been if you were really into it? Like he right. he hated Back to the uh, Better Off Dead more than anybody. <laughs> And, I remember you saying that. Yeah, it, and he hated the director for years. I mean, he came back and did One Crazy Summer, but I think he was very reluctant to do that, so I don't know what his problem is. But, I mean, in most of his roles, it doesn't really affect it to me, but it's one of those things in the back of my head. I'm thinking, like, well, if they had gotten uh, Adam Scott in the first one, how much better it would have been? I don't know. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good substitute for him. They're, they both kind of play that every man very well. Yeah. yeah, well, and it's, I mean, it's kind of a different movie, the second one, you know what I mean? It goes in kind of a different direction anyways. It's it's more all about, well, I guess the first one's kind of all about Lou, but this one's all about Lou, and, you know, because they realized, like, 
this is our sweet spot right here. This is what people want to see. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, it's a good time. Awesome. No pun intended. <laughs> All right. So my first one here, and I'm going to go animated with this one because I really enjoyed this movie a whole shitload. And this is uh, 2013's Monsters University. Have you, okay. Have you seen Monsters University? Have you seen Monsters, <sighs> Inc.? I've seen them, but it's been probably since then that I've seen them. Yeah, and I always liked Monsters, Inc. I thought Monsters, Inc. was super funny. Love John Goodman. Love all the voices. Love Billy Crystal. But man, when they were able to do Monsters University, because they're, it's basically Revenge of the Nerds, uh, just right. done with those characters. And I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely brilliant. And it's kind of taking them back in the uh, into the past where Sully and uh, what was the other guy, Mike, where Sully and Mike meet each other in college and they're not good friends. And obviously uh, Mike Wazowski is kind of the dorky guy that's really excited to be in college. And Sully is this kind of alpha male guy who assumes he's going to get into like the, uh, the alpha group and everything. And it was so funny how they kind of took this. I mean, Pixar and those guys really know how to write a great story, you know? Even movies where you're not sure you're going to like or not. I remember seeing the commercial for Up being like, what the hell is this? This looks really stupid. And then I'm watching it yeah. being like, this is one of the best movies ever. So, Yeah, I love Pixar's stuff. Um, yeah, they're still so good. Wasn't this, wasn't this also kind of like Police Academy-ish where they had to, or even like Feds where they had to like, team up kind of because one was strong and one was smart and they yeah. had to like and that's I mean, kind of you how could they you make that comparison friendship. yeah you could definitely make that comparison because what happened is i mean the whole kind of university is centered around it's like a scare university because if you know the plot of monsters inc is it's like this company that builds these doors and the doors will lead into the like bedrooms of little children <laughs> pitching right. this must have been difficult <laughs> like <laughs> no hold up hold up <laughs> so th then they go in there and and they scare the kids and then the, that meter will go up and they kind of uh, they live off their screams and they bring the screams back and everything. And so they they had that contest of who's the best screamer in this and that. So basically in the university, they're teaching all these kids and they have all these great like new act voice actors that came in. Charlie Day, as he is in most things, is probably one of the funniest things of the movie. I just love his voice and uh, he is so funny, man. Uh, Wild card, bitches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joel, uh, Joel Murray was in this. Bill Murray's brother. He had he had a great voice in this movie. And uh, I think Helen Mirren was like the the dean of it, who was like this kind of crazy dragon lady who was just mean as shit and was ready to kind of uh, kick anyone out of school that uh, gave her shit. Uh, I think I kind of remember her. Yeah, it was really good. So what what's going on basically is uh, there's this alpha group that only all the best scarers go to. Nathan Fillion is the uh, the main voice of the uh, the alpha group, and uh, Sully's just like he's like uh, he's like an alum, you know, with uh, with his all his family have gone to this university. Th so he thought he was a shoe in, and he's just kind of like fucking around, and then uh, something goes wrong, and he doesn't get in, and. Uh, the only way, the only group he can get a part of now is that Mike Wachowski's group. And like you said, similar to Feds, they were like, hey, I'm I'm be better at the physical kind of stuff and I'm better at the smarter stuff. Maybe we should team up and we'll be friends in this whole thing. And a lot of it was these really fun contests that they had to go through, which is what kind of reminded me of uh, 
uh, both Police Academy and Revenge of the Nerds. And uh, there's this one really great uh, scene where they uh, they put these like amoebas all on this like grounds and you couldn't touch them and you had to run a race through them and everything. And if you touched it, it would make that body part that touch it like expand and like blow oh, up. Wow. And <laughs> so it, it was hilarious that they have to like just run through this thing and uh, they're kind of like the lambdas and uh, in the nerds where they're always last until they start figuring out, hey, if we use our heads, maybe we can actually do this. There's that other great scene where they're in a library and like the librarian is this huge like hundred foot slug who's telling people to, to shush constantly. So you have to like get by her to get like a capture the flag <laughs> type of thing. And uh, they figured out if that one of them made noise on one side of the room it would distract or why the other ones went up there and it was really great how they just kind of uh it what was also funny is uh do you remember the randall character who was played by steve buscemi in monsters inc it's very familiar he's kind of the asshole he's kind of like a salamander who's just kind of a dick to them and he was the main kind of adversary in monsters inc well at the beginning of monsters university he was like uh roommates with uh with mike wachowski and he was like he was kind of like a decent guy but then when uh when sully didn't get into the alpha group they took randall in there and that's kind of where randall became a dick like a lot of people in college (laughs) (laughs) uh so it was it was funny to see them go through all that, man. And it was it was a super enjoyable movie, so much so that I, I liked it better than the first one. I just like that college atmosphere and them doing all these cool challenges and everything. And it, it was super fun, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, you should definitely check it out if you haven't seen either of the Monsters movies. I'm sure they're going to do a third one at some point. I mean, why not? Made money. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the other thing is, is like, I can't think of any Pixar movie that was like, oh, that that movie was a bomb. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a a few I haven't seen, but I'm sure they're great. Like that Onward seems really cool that they just released on digital. That's the one with uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland or uh, like a buddy comedy team where they're looking for, I guess the father has a a magic staff or something like that. Did you hear about that one? That one just recently came out. I didn't. Yeah, it's supposed to be really funny, and I never did get to see that Inside Out, which I hear good things about it. Huh? That yeah, was the one that was kind of like Herman's head, where she had all the emotions in the head, and you got to see the emotions as they're reacting to her, and it was it was clever, but it's been done before, yeah. but not really directed towards children, so I'll have to check it out. Like I said, yeah. and like you said, you don't get disappointed by Pixar much if you like good movies. They got good writers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what do you got? All right. Speaking of good writers, um, this is an SNL movie. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, MacGruber. Man, and it's so weird that I still have not seen this movie, and I absolutely love Will Forte. Yeah, he's dude. He's he's so funny, man. Uh, Do you ever see Just that like, Last Man on Earth? I've seen it. I've only seen it up to like season three, I think. Yeah, and I then don't think I they haven't. did much more than that. I think maybe they might have done a season four, but three might have been the last one because they canceled okay, it early well, I, on. Maybe I've only seen till season two. I know I'm like two seasons shy, I think, of when it got finished. Yeah. But um super fun. But yeah, dude. He he's so funny, dude. Yeah, uh, he's like a lot voice, of people. What's that? Oh, I was just gonna say, like, his voice and the way that he delivers lines and stuff like that, it's just fucking funny, man. Who are some of the other actors in MacGruber? Uh, other <laughs> Senate Live guys? Uh so uh Val Kilmer. Oh, interesting. Is, he's the bad guy. His name is Kunth. 
<laughs> with a TH. God, that might have been uh, one of the last movies he did before he kind of dropped off. It was. It was. Um, and he was a little bigger in that movie. Oh, know? yeah, he got um, thick. I, I remember seeing him in that uh, that bad lieutenant port of uh, uh, New Orleans, and I was like, woo, he gained a little bit of weight there. He still looked good, but, yeah, yeah he, he got a little thick. <laughs> um, but MacGruber's, like, catch line for Val Kilmer's character is, like, it's time to pound some cunts. um and then Kristen wig you know because it's it's the mcgruber skit from snl yeah and i was totally out of snl at that point i had never seen the skit on snl Uh, okay and that was a regular one they did on snl oh yeah absolutely like all the guest stars used to for like a full season all the guest stars loved being in a mcgruber sketch that's fun Um, there's not many of those anymore those snl sketches they they really try to find a sketch for every person that's on there but it's it's like hit or miss i haven't seen a really great one in a long time so it's macgyver but it's comedy yeah so like you know every time that he tries to make something it just is like the dumbest fucking possible thing you could possibly make and it it doesn't work at all you know and so um so yeah and also i I don't know if i said Kristen wig is in it as well uh, yeah i did because she's you know she's his partner or whatever um and then oh i just had his name and it escaped me you you're a fan of his he's um oh god what is his name what's he been in What's that? What's he been in? I I'm trying to think of what he's been in. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of his, so like I'm I'm not. Luckily, I own this movie, and it's right here. Oh, and nice. I just walked. Yeah, right. Um, Ryan Philippe Philippi. Oh, Ryan Philippi. You don't like Ryan Philippi? Yeah. No, I don't. I huh. mean, I just, I just don't. I, I don't know why. He's yeah. Just, I mean, everyone's got know. those kind of actors. I'm not the biggest Robert Downey Jr. fan, which everyone is pretty shocked at, but. I mean, it's not like I don't like movies that he's in. I love the movies that he's in, but he's one of those actors that I could always see somebody better playing him. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think what it is is the first few roles that I saw him in, I just kind of like was like, dude, I think that's you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think you're really acting. And then, you know, everybody progresses as a person, and so, you know, I'm not trying to judge him. I just, I think that always stuck with me because he was always such a, pompous piece of shit in the movies that he played that, it was that just sounds like, just like my robert downey jr thing <laughs> see exactly you know what i mean so it's nothing against it i just i didn't like the characters uh, that he played you know um so yeah so this is basically macgyver made into a movie crossed with rambo thrown in with saturday night live yeah. so so the beginning is you know they they're making fun of just like hot shots part duo did um they're making fun of rambo in the stick fighting thing Mm -hmm. you know um so they start off like that and then you know come to find out that like you know the the u.s government is coming because they need his help because you know he's retired he doesn't do this anymore but uh val kilmer has gotten a hold of like a thermonuclear weapon or something like that and like you know mcgruber's the only one that can uh that can stop him also (laughs) uh What's his name? William Forte uh, was marrying Maya Rudolph, and oh, Val yes. Kilmer, Val Kilmer blew her up at his <laughs> wedding. You know what I mean? Um, uh. So, like, that's the personal thing that gets him to come back is the fact that, like, you know, he has a chance to go after Val Kilmer again. And so, like, the whole movie is a military style, like Rambo two, you know. In, two or maybe it's three rambo three where like he has to go back into action type deal yeah 
And, and was the budget come, budget was pretty? Uh, I mean, there was a lot of explosions and stuff like that. In yeah, it? It, it was. You know what I mean? And and the thing is, is during all the action, MacGruber is just like coming up with things. Like at one point, dude, in order to be a distraction, <laughs> he puts a piece of fucking celery in his ass and drops his pants and does a dance <laughs> and like. He really thinks that that's going to, like, do something, you know what I mean? And Ryan Phillippe ends up shooting the guards, and he was like, see, I didn't even need a gun to do that. And he's like, what are you talking about? I killed all three of those guys. And he's like, yeah, but you wouldn't have done it if it weren't for the piece of celery. Like, you know, and, like, that's how he thinks. Well, Uh... in the beginning, he's getting ready to form his team, and it's, like, a team of, like, the hardest dudes, you know, like, biggest killers, and it's all – wwe wrestlers oh nice right? yeah dude so it's like big show and mark henry and uh what's his name chris ben, uh, not benoit the other one uh, jericho guy. jericho yeah. yeah um i think kane is there um and big show like hits on him you know what i mean like oh, oh, big show's so a riot fun. dude he is <laughs> so right as they're like getting ready to go and start the mission um, they're all sitting in the back of a van and, uh, the Colonel pulls up. And so McGruber has to go and talk to this is my favorite scene. This is what I'm going into it for so long. The Colonel pulls up and, um, they're on the airstrip and they start chanting, fuck the brass, fuck the brass, you know, because he's like the guy in control. Yeah. So he gets out and he goes and he's talking to him and he's like, have I, you know, assembled the, the, biggest group of the hardest killers in the world yes i have is there 24 pounds of uh you know c4 that i personally mixed up and you know put in there myself yes there is and the fucking van just blows up (laughs) (laughs) and like you know so he's now responsible for killing all of his friends dude and like oh my god it's it's a fun movie yeah i definitely gotta check it out there's no reason i shouldn't because they usually do check out all those sad night live movies most of them are good and you don't see many of them anymore that might have been the last Santa Live movie, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, the other thing you have to understand, though, is it's a Saturday Night Live movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's very corny, it's very cheesy, and it's based off of one character. And, like, if you like that character, you'll find this movie really funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, it's like Wayne's World. I think that's probably, that probably was the biggest kind of Saturday Night Live uh, movie ever made. Uh, probably we could probably do a set Night live pod in general just because of all the stuff you know you got Coneheads and uh night at the roxbury france. we come from france yeah, yeah absolutely. night at the roxbury and all those they were all funny as hell man what was the one with molly shannon oh yeah what the superstar superstar yeah superstar yes. or like Stuart yeah. saves his family that's when you get really exactly dude. yeah we need we, we'll have to table this discussion for yeah another time. <laughs> yeah we'll definitely do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome yeah i'll definitely have to check that out all right, my next one, and this is I wanted to put a Wes Anderson movie on here because he's he's still he's one of my favorites, and he's one of those kind of indie directors that somehow has the ability to draw some of the biggest names together to do his stuff, and he's done a lot of movies that we've all seen in the past, like Rushmore, The Royal Tannenbaums, The Darjeeling Limited, uh, what's that first one they did, uh, Bottle Rocket. They, I loved them all, man. If you like one of Wes Anderson's movies, usually I like them all, and I've I kind of went down to trying to decide if. I want to do the Grand Budapest uh, Hotel or Moonrise Kingdom. And I decided to do Moonrise Kingdom uh, because I hadn't seen it in a while and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if I've seen this. This one was really, really funny, man. Like I said, if you like one Wes Anderson movie, you like them all. They kind of have all 
they all have that kind of weird quirkiness about them where it almost seems like you're watching a, a, a play made by like little kids. Uh, he, right. his brother does his brother in real life does the artwork and everything. So I'll just name some of the actors in the movie first. So you got Ed Norton, Harvey Keitel, Bill Murray, Francis McDermott, uh, who else was big in this? Uh, Brian Balaban was the narrator of the movie. And kind of what the, and you might remember, have you never seen this one? You don't think so? I don't think that I have, but as you go into it. That's yeah, maybe you'll remember the like, trailer oh, for I it. Did. So what's going on is you have this uh, one kid who's, there's this Boy Scout group that's run by Ed Norton, and they run it like they're like military, like they're strict on uh, what everyone's do doing. Remember, and they. I do remember Ed Norton in a Boy Scout uniform. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it was really, really funny how they showed him at the beginning, how they were kind of really strict and all the rules had to be followed. And Ed Norton uh, assembles all the kids and realizes one of them is missing. So he goes into the tent and he pulls off something off the side of the tent. It was kind of like a Shawshank Redemption thing where they uh, pull off the poster and there's a big hole on it. So they realize that this kid has escaped. And so what this, <laughs> what this kid's been doing is he's been... Uh, doing this pen pal thing with this little girl little being like 13 14 they're both like 13 or 14 years old and uh he's been pen paling back and forth and you realize that they have both decided to kind of run away from home he's going to run away from the scouts she's going to run away from home and her parents are um bill murray and francis mcdermott and uh they meet up on this island which they've kind of nicknamed moonrise kingdom and they they've kind of it's like puppy love type of thing uh and they're kind of enamored with each other and uh it, it's all the fun little stuff that's going on with them but at the same time you have ed norton who has to contact the parents who has to contact the guy who's like the chief of police on the island who is um uh, bruce willis which was oh, wow. the first movie I think I've the first time I think I've seen Bill Murray in a uh, Wes Anderson movie uh, in uh, not Bill Murray uh, Bruce Willis and okay. he was really really good in it and he was the one who had to hunt down the kids and at some point they ended up recapturing the kids and then the kids escape again and they have uh, and at one point the other kind of uh well before they kind of all team up with the other boy scouts the the other boy scouts are getting weapons and they're going to hunt these these kids down and they're going to bring them uh, back uh and if they have to kill them they have to kill them (laughs) there was a lot of in a lot of the wes anderson movies that involve kids there's some weird serious elements in it uh that are kind of uh touched upon like with violence or kind of this kind of uh weird sexual tension that's happening and they, they show the kids attacking each other with weapons and one of the uh, one of them stabs the other one in like the kidney. <laughs> and, oh my god! And when another one like kills one of the dogs and everything, and they were like, "Oh my god, what the hell is happening here?" Uh, and through the whole thing, you've got Tilda Swinton, who is like head of this uh, adoption clinic that's kind of trying to hunt down this kid uh, and take him away, and nobody wants him. And at some point, Bruce Willis kind of bonds with this kid when he when he has him in custody for a little while, and he says, "He says I'll take him in and everything, but they still got to get the two kids to." come back for him so it's kind of this really fun adventure film it's also the first time i had seen harvey keitel in like the longest time he plays like the head of the uh the scouts 
and under him was like uh, oh I forgot Jason Schwartzman in this who was in a lot of the Wes Anderson movies he, yeah he was he's, the, he's like a staple in, oh, yeah. in his movies yeah he's like the main kid from Rushmore and he, yeah. he plays one of the scouts who has he's like uh, who marries the kids he marries these two 13 year olds so that's how I said this kind of like some weird adult elements on it and they were like you can't tear us apart we're, we're officially married now and <laughs> it's very strange man but it's so much fun I think Dave said that Maria this is one of Maria's favorite movies uh certainly her favorite wes anderson movie but uh i think one of her favorite movies of all time and it, it, it's so much fun i saw it in the movie theater and i hadn't seen it since but i knew i had bought it at uh the the dvd sale here in town so i just got to rewatch it the other day and i was like oh man it's so much fun man uh like i said if you like one wes anderson movies you really will like them all they're they're it's a certain type of quirkiness that you either buy into or you don't and if you do you're gonna enjoy the hell out of it so Really Hell fun. yeah. Yeah, really fun. All Have you right. seen any of his other movies? Like Rushmore um, or Royal Tenenbaums? I've, yeah, I've seen both of those. Okay. Um, I haven't seen them in a long time. I like them both. I I love Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, so you I know the quirkiness is, I'm talking about. It's just kind of Yeah, I was about to say, it's, it's like kilter. a fucked up, twisted comedy that's yeah. like, it just is like almost intellectual in a sense just because it makes you think and like, it peers into this like weird section of society that yeah. probably does fucking exist, but it's just so incomprehensible. Yeah, and, and a lot of times he, he makes something a comedy that you wouldn't normally think like specifically Royal Tenenbaums. I mean, it's about the guys like committing suicide and like horrible yeah. parents and stuff like that. And you're like, how are they going to make this a comedy? But yeah. somehow they're able to do it. And it's funny as hell. Absolutely. All right, cool. Uh, what do you got? For right. Number four. Um, so let's see. Well, this is three, right? Uh, yeah, that was my four. This is your three. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so this one, Steve Carell and, um, Paul Rudd in Dinner for Schmucks. Oh yeah. This is one that I only have seen clips from. I don't think I've actually ever sat through and watched the whole thing. So this is a really good movie. Like, and, and it's like a, in a sense, it's almost like a dark comedy because there's just like – I feel like the whole movie is Steve Carell, you know? And like, yeah, he's – so this is – Paul Rudd is a business executive, and he's trying to um, – oh, Dave would be perfect for this. He's, he's a money manager. He's an, uh, you know, an accountant. Oh, nice. Um, and he like gets this you know, like big fish, you know, this guy who's got like $100 million, and so – um, he's trying to like get him to, you know, sign with them so that he becomes a part of their firm. Um, and he gets the like CEO's attention by being able to do this. And the CEO tells him like, so listen, we have this, you know, dinner like once a month or once a year. And basically what it is, is it's dinner for fools. Like everybody in, in like all the men on the board. No, I guess there are women too. So the whole board goes and like, finds you know an interesting person but basically they're just like stupid weird people you know <laughs> um and they just make fun of them without letting them know that they're there because they're just going to make fun of them you know um and so paul rudd paul rudd doesn't really want to do this but he ends up hitting steve carell with his porsche um and steve carell is in the middle of the road picking up a dead mouse um and so you're like what the fuck you know well so like steve carell is a taxidermist and he takes these little mice and makes them into these little like couples that are having these 
like they're really cute you know like one of them they're on like a little love boat one of them they're in a hot air balloon it's one of them so they're... strange <laughs> yeah no it's super weird you know what i mean but like the way that they you know kind of show it is just like it's really fucking strange but it's also kind of adorable you know and so the thing is is he's just completely oblivious and he has like no social cue you know ability to like pick up on things um and so like at one point paul rudd's like so what do i need to do in order to be able to like keep the insurance out of this you know um and steve carell's like five you know and paul rudd's like five and he goes ten he's like ten and he's like what are you talking about he goes five hundred dollars and he's like five hundred dollars and he goes ten thousand dollars and so paul rudd goes so wait, you want to pay me after Paul Rudd just hit him with his car? <laughs> you want to pay me ten thousand dollars in order to keep the insurance out of this? And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay, fine, give me ten thousand dollars." And Steve Carell's like, "I don't have ten thousand dollars, you know." And that's like just the type of person that he is. <laughs> and so Paul Rudd's like, "Oh my god, this this is going to be perfect, you know, for this dinner that I have to take somebody to." And so that's how they meet. And the whole time, Steve Carell is just a tornado to Paul Rudd's life, oh, you wow. know? Um, so and, there's uh, at the dinner, uh, there's like a smart person that's brought a stupid person with them. Everyone's kind of paired together. Exactly. Okay. So everybody on the board is bringing a special person with them. What, and, what are some of the other actors? Is this the one Octavia Spencer's in this too, right? Uh, I'm not sure who that is. She's the, uh, that, uh, the, the black chick from Ma and she's the one that I get, which she, she play a psychic in this. Yeah, she's something. from the help. Yeah, yeah, from the help. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yes, dude. Her, she speaks to dead animals. That's right. <laughs> and uh. at the dinner, they're served lobster, and they put the lobster in front of everyone, and she starts getting a reading from the lobster. <laughs> And reenacts it being boiled to death in front of everybody. Oh, my God. And when she's done, everybody just pushes their plate forward, except for who I think this is really funny, Ron Livingston, of all people, who, from Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, office from the space. Office. Or yeah, the office from space. Office yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he plays like a corporate asshole in this. Wow. So everybody pushes their lobster away, and he just goes, well, I don't give a fuck, and just starts eating <laughs> the lobster, you know? Oh. Um, also, Zach Galifianakis. Um, oh, I didn't know he name? was in this. Man, yeah. I love him. Dude, he plays Steve Carell's boss at the IRS. Oh, gotcha. And he feels like he can read minds, and Steve Carell is so dumb that he thinks that he can read his mind, so whatever Zach Galifianakis tells him, he just believes, you know? Um, and he shows up to the dinner and, like, Dude, it's so it's so fucking funny all of the shit that happens. But the thing is is you start to realize that like Steve Carell is a super damaged human being and you start to feel like empathy for him and then this movie kind of takes a heartfelt turn, you know? Mm -hmm. Um and so it's a sweet movie, but it's also fucking hysterical. And when they finally get to the dinner for schmucks, like like I said, you know, Octavia Spencer, she does that there's a blind French swordsman who's trying to compete on the Olympic fencing team um, who at one point, you know, like gets upset and goes to like pull out his sword and start attacking people. And he finds the light switch and he's like, now I'm going to bring you all to my world, you know, and he, and he's, he flips off the switch 
just one light of like 20 in the room. So he thinks the room is dark and he's saying all this stuff, but everybody could just plainly see him. Oh, it's so funny. Oh my God. Dude. Yeah. Like, this is another one I will have to see. I could just imagine and hearing you talk about, it, I could just imagine these guys in the writing room uh, of how are we going to do this. And it, it sounds perfect. Yeah. And you know, and, and it, like the dinner portion of the movie is probably only 20 minutes. You oh know, really? The it's all leading up the, to that. So once Paul Rudd and Steve Carell meet, Steve Carell never leaves his side. For the next 48 hours, oh, wow. he is just with him and will not leave and just wreaks havoc, havoc through Paul Rudd's life, oh, wow. you know? And, like, dude, it's, it's, it's worth watching. And it's almost like a dark comedy once you kind of realize what happens with Steve Carell. Yeah. Like, the movie takes a turn, you know? So, like... Totally worth watching. Totally worth your time. Yeah, and if you're really a Steve Carell fun. fan, I would imagine that this is kind of right up your alley, anyways, because most people yeah. who like him like everything he does. Yeah, it's like forty year old virgin times a hundred as far as his character. You know, just totally just out of it. Like oh, I barely so remember when it was even in the theater. It must not have been in there for a whole long, or didn't get that, a like, lot of play. It didn't. You know what I mean? Did like, you see it, it in the theater? Um, you know, I don't know that I did. I, I honestly don't remember. It came out in 2010. Um, and I know I saw it a while ago and then I just rewatched it this week and I, I'm really glad that I was like, oh yeah, dude, I got to pick this movie because like, it was a good movie that was, I don't know. I, I seem to like unpopular movies <laughs> and I just say that they're at least you said on. it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I admit it. You know what I mean? Like, and and I say they get slept on, you know, and it's just because people are like, oh, the critics say that's bullshit. And like, you know, and like I get people like Dave who like I, I'm not going to go to the theater to go and see a comedy. I'll yeah. wait for it to come out. And I feel like a lot of people do that. And then when it comes out, they just don't really remember. Yeah, they now forget everything's about it. digital. Yeah, now everything's digital and it's a lot quicker. Back hey. in the day, if it came out in 2010, it didn't come out on, you know, rental until the middle of 2011. Yeah, you know? for sure. And, so yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why it's, you're perfect for this pod because if we all agreed on the same movies, it gets pretty boring after a while. Or if we've all yeah, had the same yeah. interest, and obviously Dave's into the like the the deep dramas that last three and a half hours long, and uh, you're more into I got ninety minutes, make me laugh. <laughs> exactly, dude. I need that in my life, especially <laughs> right now. That, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like tempering yeah. the uh, the news conferences <laughs> with like comedies is the way to do it. <laughs> Bro, I'll tell you, I started watching Infinity Wars the other day, and like as soon as shit started happening, I was like, you know what? I am not in the mood. To watch <laughs> yeah, the yeah, 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 right <laughs> for sure. Uh, all right, so this uh, this next movie here on my uh, list here, I love this movie, man. This came out in 2019 too, and it was really, really fabulous. And it was another one of those ones I think that went under people's radars uh, pretty hardcore. And it was uh, 2019's Booksmart. Uh, now, now I this don't think I even heard of this. This dude. is the uh, and I hate to compare it directly to another movie, but it, it it really is the best way to explain it. It is the female super bad. And what makes it even oh. funnier is that the two actresses, one of them was in that Tim Allen show, I guess, that he does right now. Uh, I can't remember the name of the show. La I think it's called, like, Last Man Standing. Yeah, Last Man Standing. I guess the teenage daughter in it is the girl from uh, Booksmart. And the other girl, who's a little thicker, and she's super, super funny, and she totally reminds you of uh, Jonah Hill until I find out it's Jonah Hill's sister. Oh, wow. <laughs> in, like, real life. And I was like, holy shit. I said, that makes complete sense. And now... 
now I want those two in a movie together. Why have they not done a movie together? Because Seriously. They, they were, she was so funny. I mean, you're watching it and you're like, oh my God, this is like Jonah Hill. And it was... It was directed by Olivia Wilde, who, uh, I don't know if you know Olivia Wilde. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She's gorgeous. She's, uh, um, I just recently watched her in, uh, uh, damn that, um, Richard Jewell. She played one of the, uh, she played one of the news people that kind of screwed over his life. She was horrible in that movie, but I mean, great actress, but. (laughs) I know her because she's in that little short intro to the. Like to the films, oh, to the, the, the movie <laughs> thing. Yeah, <laughs> she'd be thrilled that that's what she's known for. I know, right? Like, <laughs> hey, I know you. You're that AMC lady, <laughs> <laughs> and she's actually married to Jason Sudeikis in real life. Oh wow! Yeah, and she's and he's actually in the movie too. He plays like the the guidance counselor in the film. So uh, similar to like Superbad, there's you've got these two girls who are very like uh, modern ladies who are uh, feminists, and they uh, they have like. Uh, uh, they drive uh, like these vehicles that have a whole lot of like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg stickers and uh, go vegan and all the stereotypes and everything. And they're super good students and they've like spent their entire kind of high school career studying and, and not going to parties and doing that. And she's ta- uh, they're interacting with these other students. And some of the great roles in the movie are these other young students. And one of them is the, the woman who stole or this girl who stole the show from me was Billy Lord. Do you know who that is? Uh, I'm not sure. She is uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter uh, in oh, real wow. life. And she was on a lot of the American Horror Stories and uh, she was on. She was in the last Star Wars movie too, uh, the last two. Huh. Uh, but she's she is unbelievably funny. She played like the really fucked up uh, girl who was just going from one event to another, and it was it was like the the funny thread going through the movie that no matter how long it took for somebody to get to the next party and she was already there like in the middle of partying and they kept going how the fuck did you get here so quick there's one scene where she just loses it and jumps off a yacht and just starts swimming away and then they they end up taking an uber to another party and she pops up behind the bar all dry and they were like why aren't your clothes wet where did you come from (laughs) and they don't even mention it man it it was really, really really hilarious Uh, but yeah she's hilarious in this movie uh and it was basically them trying to get to a party they end up going to the um uh what was it uh they they end up getting uh word from a bunch of these different uh students that uh they end up hearing them talking smack about them. And they were like, well, I'm going to Yale next year and wherever the hell you're going. And the one kid's like, I'm going to Yale. And the other girl's like, yeah, I'm going to Princeton and I'm going to Harvard. And she was like, holy shit, how could you have done that? And they were like, Hey, we did. And they were like, holy crap, we are just the same as these people. And they partied their entire fucking career. Uh, and we have nothing uh, to show for it. So they were like, this is the last party of the year. We have to go, we have to show up and we've got to do it. And, uh, they call an Uber to go to the party it was like this whole thing where they they first had to find out where the party was and then they had to get there and they call the uber and jason sudeikis's second job other than the guidance counselor is being a uh an uber driver (laughs) so he's the one that drives into the party and it's just them getting fucked up and there's one point where billy lord gives the two girls these like acid laced uh strawberries and it doesn't kick in until 
uh, like 20 minutes later and, and they were like, man, I can't believe you're not feeling that yet. And they were like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, I laced those uh, friggin' uh, uh, those strawberries with something super strong. Uh, oh, my God. And then they automatically imagine themselves as Barbie dolls. So the next 10 minute scene is them as Barbie dolls stripping their clothes <laughs> off. And they were like, I don't even have a crotch. He's like, I don't have, she's like, I don't even have nipples. I just have mounds. <laughs> oh my God. And they, they like don't have like legs that bend. So when they're leaving the party, uh, at one point you see them for like 10 minutes as dolls. And then when they go downstairs, you see them as normal, but they're still walking like dolls. And they just turn to the, uh, the people at the party and like fuck all you people <laughs> oh shit it, you would love it man it was super super funny i i went into it kind of half wondering how it was going to be and it turned out fucking awesome so yeah really good it's available on hulu if anyone's got hulu and they can watch it so check it out oh nice i do um just say it's called book smart book smart yep really okay, good cool yeah i'll definitely check that out all right what's your um, next flick here all right dude i'll tell you this is a, a hard decision between my number two and my number one nice um so this one's gonna be get him to the greek oh get him to the greek yeah Have this is one I, I haven't seen it but i heard about it see i'm not a huge russell brand fan but i am a jonah hill fan so it was kind of one of those things i don't know if i could actually deal with it <laughs> watching russell brand because he he's another person that i kind of equate as being kind of a dick in real life and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which might make him perfect and- for this role i don't know and that's what I was going to say. I feel like this, I feel like honestly, like he gave a good expression of himself through this role because of like the character development and the arc and the roller coaster that goes on with him. Um, so basically Jonah Hill works for Puff Daddy, um, but Puff Daddy is oh, and Puff Daddy's is, playing himself. Well, I was going to say his name in this is Sergio and he's a record, a uh, record executive. Um, and they're trying to figure out like, you know what they're going to do for their next big thing. Well, Russell Brand, um, oh, I can't think of his character's name, Aldo. Um, you know, he was like this huge rock star that like, dude, he comes, his last song was like 10 years ago. And the song was called African child. <laughs> and it is just like the worst, most racist, like not, not like meaning to be racist, but like, still racist as fuck song you know what i mean yeah. and his career just took a dive bomb after that you know well they're at the like 10 year anniversary uh, the week of the 10 year anniversary for this like legendary show that he did aldo snow i remember now is his name um and he did it at the greek theater and so jonah hill pitches to uh p diddy you know like we need to you know revive we need to like take advantage of this situation and do a, a like a, a concert and, you know, do this again as an anniversary thing. And it'll drive sales for all his old albums and everything like that. So at first, you know, uh, Sergio instead of Puff Daddy, um, Sergio's like, you know, you know, no, we're not going to do that. And then he kind of thinks like, hey, this is a good idea. So he calls Jonah Hill and tells him, OK, I'm going to fly you to London. And you got 72 hours to get him, you know, to the Greek. Mm -hmm. And so, dude, and so he he tries to tell him, he's like, look, you got to understand, like, this dude is a drug addict. This guy is going to lie to you. He's going to do whatever he can. You know, like, you have to gain the upper upper hand on this situation. Um, And Jonah Hill's like, Jonah Hill is like, 
Aldo Snow's biggest fan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like this is, you know, it's a personal love and also like a huge business opportunity. It's so, funny. It's, uh, it'd be like you getting big boy to like an event and uh, having exactly. to corral him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's like the perfect analogy, yeah. you know? Um, and so um, he flies him to London and well, and at the same time, um, Jonah Hill and his girlfriend get into a big argument. She's a, a, a she's like going to be a doctor and she gets an opportunity for a, um, a residency in Seattle, but they live in New York and they get into a big fight and like they break up, you know? Um, so now Jonah Hill is going to fly to London to pick up, uh, Russell Brandt and, you know, is about to spend three days with this rock star and, you know, like the, the amount, like, so he's, uh, what's his name? Russell Brandt is just fucked up the entire movie. And eventually, so is Jonah Hill. And so <laughs> it's like a drug and alcohol fueled, you know, 72 hour run to get him to this, you know, uh, to this show. And like, they end up going to Vegas. They almost missed their flight from London. Um, they're, I mean, they're just doing all these drugs the whole time. Like, Probably my favorite um, scene slash moment in the movie is when Russell Brandt gives Jonah Hill a Jeffrey. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so a Jeffrey is like, it's mostly weed, but then it's like PCP and cocaine oh my God. and ecstasy and like any drug in powdered form you could possibly think of. So he has like a, he has like a wolf of wall street moment. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know? And like, he starts like freaking out thinking he's having a heart attack and he's like, why would you call this a Jeffrey? (laughs) And Russell Brand goes, well, because I mean, think about it. Somebody named Jeffrey, like would never do anything to harm you. You (laughs) That's his reasoning. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, then, um, p diddy comes in and he's on a jeffrey too and like they both start like like panic ensues in the room and there's a fight between russell brand and his dad and then puff daddy and russell brand's dad start getting into it and jonah hill is freaking the fuck out and there's like you know like shag carpet except it's on the wall yeah and like russell brand is just telling jonah hill to rub the furry carpet through this whole thing and like Dude, they they take absinthe, like, oh my god, dude, like, just absolute chaos. It's like fear and loathing. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly that. Minus, like, you know, the hallucinogenic, like, bar scene with the weird-ass lizards, you know? (laughs) Um, but, But it's so fun, and it's so funny, and, like, again, like, I'm not a big Russell Brand fan Mm -hmm. either, but I'll tell you, I watched this movie last night, and... This movie was really to me like wow it's crazy like cuz he kind of did the exact same transformation in real life yeah. as he does in this movie after he made this movie hmm. you know what i mean and so like to watch it now it's kind of like oh wow dude i wonder if some of this stuff really actually sunk into him um because like there's some really cool like you know heartfelt moments in the movie itself um but it's just it's such a fun ride and like Dude, to be honest, I imagine like seventy-two hours with a rock star. That's oh god, I can much, imagine. That's that's, that's pretty a much book right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, no, exactly. You know, um, 
super fun movie. Um, definitely recommend it. And if you haven't seen it, I was literally going to text you last night and be like, look, if you have time and you haven't seen anything on my list, mm-hmm. go, go check this out. You know, if you still had time. So even though it's my number two, I highly recommend it. Nice. Like if you haven't seen it, check it yeah, out. Yeah, I'll check it out because I, I definitely like Jonah Hill. I, there's not much, most of the stuff <laughs> I don't like with Russell Brand is his real life stuff. I know we treated like Katy Perry like shit and there was a lot of right, like yeah. mental manipulation going on there with her and he just, and he had to kind of uh, go into recluse for a while. Like I don't, can't even remember the last thing he did. I mean, is yeah, he even no, doing I, anything? I, I have no idea. I can't even think know. I can name another movie he's been in. I mean, I'm sure he's been in a bunch of different movies, but this is the one that I always remember that he was in. Well, it's the only good one, I'll tell you <laughs> that. I, I don't know if there's any other ones, you know. But And real quick, just that same scene I was talking about with all the chaos and everybody being on the Jeffrey, <laughs> Russell Brand ends up getting, an uh, what is it, like an EpiPen that has the adrenaline in it, you know, and goes like full-on Pulp Fiction with Jonah Hill. Oh, wow. And, and hits him with the adrenaline pill. And, oh, my God, like, they do a full-on, like, five-minute adrenaline rush scene <laughs> with him and, and Puff Daddy and Russell Brand. Oh, wow. It's fucking hysterical dude like, yeah i'll have to look for it it definitely yeah, sounds like fun, something I'd like at. sex drugs and rock and roll and comedy is, is exactly <laughs> what that movie is nice. it's so much fun <laughs> all right this next one and this one's kind of a it's definitely a romantic comedy but it's definitely heavy on the comedy but it has some serious moments in it and this is 20 and i mentioned this just in passing i think on one of our previous pauses 2017's the big sick now have you heard of this um it's familiar. Now, but I, it stars Kamel Nanjiani, who I, I don't know if you, you know who uh, Kamel is uh, from Stuber. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah, absolutely. this is the real-life story of him. He plays himself. He plays Kamel in the movie. Uh, and everyone in the movie kind of plays themselves. The, uh, and it's about the real-life story of him meeting his wife. Now, the, the person who plays his wife in the movie is not his wife. They actually got an actress to play her. And her family is played by uh, Holly Hunter as the mom and uh, Ray Romano as the dad. And what it is, and Kamel, just like in real life, because it's kind of following his real life story that he wrote about how he met his wife, he's a stand-up comic. He actually works as an Uber driver, which I thought was hilarious because I didn't realize that he really did work as an Uber driver before the Stuber movie. Uh, And he's working as... He's just doing stand-up in clubs, and he's doing it with Andy Bryant, who's that uh, that chick on uh, Saturday Night Live right now who's kind of hitting it big this season. She's really good. And a couple other stand-up comics. And he's just going through New York and doing his thing, and this girl kind of playfully heckles him during a uh, uh, during one of his routines. And he goes up afterwards, and he talks to her, and they, they strike up this great relationship, and they they basically start dating. And they, they date pretty hardcore for a few months where they're actually in love, and uh, she's dying trying to introduce her parents and then she all of a sudden finds out that he hasn't even uh, mentioned her to his parents because he's got these very strict uh, uh, Pakistani parents who are played by these really, really funny. uh, His whole family is really funny in it, but they're all about arranged marriages. Like you cannot marry anyone. And his mom actually keeps inviting different women over to the dinners that he's a part of. And, Oh, I wonder who that could be at the door type of thing. And, uh, brings in a new possible suitor for him, uh, because of this arranged marriage thing, and he just can't bring himself to mention to his family that uh, that he met somebody and he doesn't want to go through this arranged marriage. So 
what happens is they have kind of a blowout argument when she comes to the realization that she hasn't even uh, that he hasn't even mentioned the uh, the family tour. So they end up breaking up for this very short period of time. Uh, uh, and he goes on his way and he's doing his uh, uh, his stand up and he's thinking of moving to. Uh, uh, I think he's not in New York yet. I think he's in L.A. and he's going to move to New York. And uh, right when that happens, when he's about to move, he gets a phone call from uh, from the woman who eventually is his wife, calls him on the phone and says, uh, so-and-so, his wife, I can't remember her name, she's like, she's really sick and she's in the hospital. You should go in there because no one's there. Her parents live in Ohio and she's got nobody. So when he shows up, they were like, she's got something really wrong with her and we have to operate now. And if she doesn't operate, she could die. She, he's like, so are you a family member? Because I need someone to sign this. And he kind of stutters and everything. And, uh, and he kind of is, doesn't sure what he should do. And then the doctor says, she might die unless you're a family member. Are you a family member? And he's like, yes, I'm a family member. And he's like, good, sign here. So he gets her in there to have the surgery. And the surgery is so intense that they have to put her in a medical-induced coma. And this is where the movie gets crazy is the uh, Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, her parents fly in and he's there and he's like, I, I want to introduce myself. I'm what's her name's boyfriend. And apparently she tells them everything. And so he knows all, they all know all about the breakup and everything, but he ends up staying at the hospital with them. And I don't want to reveal everything, but it's basically, he is like forming this really intense, great relationship with her parents as she's in a coma and doesn't know anything about it. And it's, it's such an amazing story. Like, and Ray Romano is this really cool dad. And they were like, uh, well, we want to take our mind off everything. And he's like, well, I'm going to go do a stand-up tonight. And he's like, he, and they're like, hey, we'll go to the stand-up. And Ray Romano's like, I'm going. And the mom's like, okay, we'll go. So they end up going to his stand-up and they see his routine. And, and there's like a heckler in the audience that says, go back to Pakistan, you terrorist. And the mom starts screaming at this guy in the middle of the uh, uh, of the comedy club and then like runs at him and attacks him and they have to like gr- the bouncer has to grab the uh the oh mother and like God. drag him outside and ray romano screaming at him and they were like oh that was fun <laughs> what are we gonna do now and they end up uh getting drunk together at the house and they fall in love with kamal and uh at some point the wife wakes up and for the wife it's like the next day you know and it the, their parents are like he's a really good guy and he and she's not sure if she wants to be with him even though we've seen everything he's been by her sides he sat with her and everything so you're just like hoping uh they they got to get together here and they got to kind of work right. this out and then for the last 20 minutes it's them kind of uh working it out and during the credits you see the real photos of their wedding and the family and everything and it was just man it was such an interesting story that it was uh brilliant uh, and it just makes you appreciate Kamal even more than you already did. I mean, he's already a really funny actor, and he's, I mean, and now he's going to be in the new, uh, what, The Eternals, that Marvel uh, movie, The Eternals. And, Is he uh, really? He got jacked. Have you seen recent pictures of Kamal? Uh, he's been working out, like, insane, and he has, I'm like... Sure, dude. He, if he's going to be in a Marvel movie, he's going to end up getting super jacked he is like, unbelievably jacked like I'll, I'll send you pictures of him later on and so much so that they've done they, he did a photo shoot for some magazine i don't know what magazine it was but yeah. in the photo shoot they recreated scenes from famous movies with him in it and they uh they're doing scenes specifically to show his kind of transformation for his body off so one of this <laughs> one of the shots was him uh 
jumping rope from like American Psycho as like the Christian Bale character. And you can't believe it. You think the, these photos have to be fake. There's no way this is Kamal. But apparently he just buckled down and like 16 months later, he is jacked like a motherfucker. It's crazy to see. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It's a crazy story. And it's uh, I've been watching him early on. I, I used to watch him in that Silicon Valley show. And then obviously in Stuber, he was he was really, really funny. And uh, yeah, if, if anyone hasn't seen The Big Sick, and it's uh, it, it's a great, great story that you uh, that a lot of people don't know about. So check it out. It's really yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah, he's great. I love him. Yeah, man. he's funny, man. He's really funny. I've only seen a lot of his stand-up routines. I think he had one stand-up on uh, routine on Netflix, and I watched it, and he was just funny through the whole thing. Really good. Oh, yeah, I can totally imagine, man. I'm trying to think of there's one scene, and it's a random scene that he's in in a movie, and I I cannot think of for the life of me what movie it is, but he works at like a private airport, and somebody's trying to sneak something past him, and he like – they they have like a cooler and they said like oh there's a heart in here and I, I need um I need to get you know through here so that I can uh you know get this transplant or whatever yeah. and he's like oh and he's like I don't believe you and he's like no man I have a heart in here and he's like open it up and he's like you know and and he makes him open it up eventually and there's a fucking snake in there ah. and it scares the shit out of the guy and he's like yeah that's that's my snake that's my cooler you know what I mean. And it's, <laughs> I wish I could remember what movie. Damn, it's I'll have from to look that up. That's funny. It's it's one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen him in, and like I I can't remember what it's from. Oh, I, wow. I I'm gonna have to look it up myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, what's, right. what's your number one here? Okay, so uh, this one's 2016. I think it's the the most modern on my list, um, and I'm a huge Andy Samberg fan. Um, I like him. So, I liked him in Saturday Night Live a lot. I have not seen Brooklyn Nine Nine. I know that's one of your favorites, so it makes it sense is, that I, you're a huge. I mean, Dick in a Box, you know, and that, all those <laughs> sketches he did. I always yeah, thought were hilarious. He's funny. Guy. Um, also, I even liked Hot Rod. But anyways, I loved is, Hot Rod. I I've only seen yeah. it once, but I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so this is Pop Star. I had never heard of this. When you put it on your list, I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's Andy Samberg. But I had no idea what the hell it is. Yeah. So it's the the the. The title of the whole movie is Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. (laughs) um, And so basically, it's Andy Samberg is this huge pop star. His name is Connor For Real. Um, And he started off in a group. um, Oh, I can't think of their name. The the Fly Boys. Um, Style Boys. That's what it is. Um, And it was. Do you know who the Lonely Island is? No. No, never heard of that. Have you ever heard? Um, have you ever heard that song "I'm on a Boat" with T Pain and the Lonely Island? Because it's Andy Samberg and the two guys that are in this movie. Oh no, I never um, heard of that. Okay, so they they like even I think they released like a CD at one point, and it's all like comedy, pop, hip hop, ridiculous ass music, you know. So they took these, you know, the Lonely Island, and they made this movie about it, and so. The three main stars are, you know, and I, I don't know the other two guys' names, and I'm sorry, but, like, if you look up the Lonely Island, you'll find out who they are. Um, and so they were the style boys, and eventually Andy Samberg became, like, the most popular one of them, and the group breaks up. And so this is this movie is a documentary about Andy Samberg's life as, you know, this guy Connor for real. 
Um, and so one of the three friends ended up like going off and just literally just being a farmer. Like that's, he's just a farmer now. Um, and the other one stayed friends with, uh, Andy Samberg and is his like DJ. And now he's become Connor for real. And he's like a worldwide sensation and very similar to get the Greek. (laughs) He's releasing a new album and like, the song that he releases is just terrible. Like, do you remember that song? I think Macklemore won a bunch of Grammys for it. Um, and it was in support of like, you know, gay marriage and gay rights and stuff like that. Do you remember that? I think it was like 2015. No, I only know that one song by him. That thrift shop. Yeah. That that's the, (laughs) that's the only one I know. So, so he made a song and it won a bunch of awards. Um, and it was basically like, you know, and this is in real life. Um, it was basically like, you know, in support of gay rights and gay marriage and stuff like that. And it was very popular. Well, Andy Samberg did like the opposite version where like he was making a song about being supportive of those issues, but just in the middle of the song, keep going, not gay. And he would like <laughs> show, he would show like chicken wings or sports or things like that. And so it was like, Hey everybody, I support this too, but I'm not gay. And it was like the most fucked up song and like, it shouldn't have been released, you know? And so his, <laughs> his, his career instantly tanks. And this is his for er, his second solo album. And so he's on a downward spiral through the entire movie. And so it's almost like what happens to Russell Brand before you meet him. Like, it's like what happened to him 10 years ago and get the Greek, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is his whole downward spiral, but he's like just totally oblivious to all of this. You know what I mean? He just doesn't understand because the only people like Tim Meadows is his agent. Like, (laughs) and Oh, he's so great. He's so great. They get into these conversations where they're talking about the numbers while his albums are tanking. And, you know, he'll be like, oh, such and such. I think it says Hammerlegs, who turns out to be Weird Al. Um, He's like, (laughs) Hammerlegs sold out this arena last night or last week. And, you know, um, Tim Meadows like, yeah, but those numbers, you know, numbers don't matter. You know that. And he's like, well, so it's okay that I didn't sell out this arena. And Tim Meadows is like, but I mean, Hammerlegs sold this arena out last week. Like he's so oblivious to the, you know, to like what actually is going on. And so, like, I really enjoy like Andy Samberg's comedy, comedic delivery, the way he, you know, does his lines. And so, like, this whole movie is just so sarcastic and so much fun. And it's a train wreck. Um, and there's so many. So many like SNL guest appearances from that time, and I have to say my favorite one is Bill Hader. Oh, nice. And yeah, dude, Bill so Hader makes Bill, everything better. <laughs> dude, absolutely. He, dude, he's in one scene. It's maybe two minutes long, and he's a roadie, and he's in charge of the guitars. And he literally comes in and is like putting the guitars together, and then knocks them all over. And so they kind of ask him like, "What do you like to do?" And he's like, well, you know, I really like this gig. I get to be on the road. It's like, you know, every musician, like, fans dream, you know. He's like, but in my spare time, I really like flatlining. He's like, you know, from that movie, Flatliners, (laughs) at least once a week, I like to bring myself right to the brink of death and have a crew of people, like, revive me. And they show him flatlining for a second, and they fucking hit him with the paddles, and he comes back, and instantly he just goes, 
did I shit myself? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'd, I'd watch like, that movie just for this. <laughs> no, it's such, it's such like it's it's such a little golden nugget in there. Like, oh, it's so fucking funny. Oh man. god, that's great. <laughs> yeah, um, and so you know, there's just a bunch of comedy that ensues. Did this movie, the movie even come to the theater? Because I had never even heard of it. It again, it was, but it was not out long. It's just one of those, you know, it's my style of comedy. Yeah. Like I, I love these corny ass, you know, like just silly comedies, you know what I mean? And like that's my whole list is that. Yeah. And like, you know, and it's they're all so much fun, dude. And like the songs, like, oh my God. I don't I don't know if I can even actually talk about one. Um <laughs> I'll just say that the premise oh my god dude so the lyric is she said she wanted me to fuck her like the US military fucked bin laden like <laughs> you like you know what i mean and it, he does it to a rap pop style and it's just like oh my god how could you make this song like oh my god you know and so stuff like that is just absurdly hilarious at the same time you know um, so all of the songs that he does throughout the movie are just hysterical, you know. Um, but, dude, funny-ass movie. You oh, should man. definitely watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. That sounds funny as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of silly, my number one was definitely one of the sillier ones I had seen, but it was it was very current, 2019, and I absolutely loved it. Been fans of this director forever and his characters. And my uh, number one pick would be 2019's Jane Silent Bob's Reboot. Oh, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Oh, it's watch so it funny, week, dude. Though. Definitely check it out. It's it's available on uh, Amazon Prime right now. And I had seen it in the theater, and I had gone under the one of the Fathom events so I could see it. Like uh, It was not playing in the theater other than that like three days during those Fathom events. Uh, and I went and saw it and just laughed my ass off. And you, you hear a lot of people use the terms fan service, and this movie was so much damn fan service that if you were a fan of... Uh, Kevin Smith, all his films have like a great kind of uh, uh, reveal in this movie and so many inside jokes that, I mean, you would enjoy it if you hadn't seen any of his other stuff, but it certainly helps if you've seen Clerks, Mallrats, Dogma, Chasing Amy. I mean, all those movies get like the characters just show up in it and it's really, really funny. Uh and what's going on, and I've, you've seen a lot of his other stuff. I, you saw the the other Jay and Silent Bob movie, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, really good. And so what's going on is Jay and Silent Bob still doing the same thing they've always been doing, but they hear uh, through the grapevine that uh, that they're going to take that Jay and Silent uh, Bob strike back, and they're going to make a reboot out of it. And they were like, I thought they already made that movie. He says, no, it's not. It's a like reboot. So they're bringing it back. <laughs> and, and it's about uh, the characters, um, what is Blunt Man and Chronic. And right, what's yeah. funny as hell is you actually get one of the best scenes in the movie is when they actually get to Hollywood and they're watching a clip from the uh, Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot movie. And it's so fucking funny that uh, you just can't wait to uh, uh, to see the movie. And uh, 
Jay sitting in the audience is like, this might be the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and they, Val Kilmer is playing Bluntman, uh, and uh, Chronic is played by the girl from uh, who plays Supergirl on the CW show. And uh, oh, wow. Tommy Chong is in it, and it's so fucking funny. If I could find just that clip for you, I'll send it to you. It's so great. So it's basically a road movie, you know, very similar to like Dogma and all those movies. And on the road, they're going to see these different people. And, uh, Jay finds out he has a daughter with that girl with Shannon Elizabeth. Remember in the uh, in uh, yeah Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. So he runs into Boo Boo (laughs) Kitty Fuck and he finds out that he has got uh, he's got a kid, and it it turns out to be like Kevin Smith's daughter in real life, Harley Quinn Smith. Really, really, really funny. And he has to travel with her and their smokers too, and they they end up getting them fucked up on this uh, on these brownies. And this scene you would love, man. So they're in the back of a van eating these brownies, and they were like, "You don't think we can handle these brownies?" So I said, "We've been doing this our whole fucking life." And they take one bite and they pass the fuck out. And then oh, when they wake up, uh, they're in the back of a van, and uh, the two guys from How High are driving the van. <laughs> Man and, and, red man. Yep, and they just have a That's whole awesome. scene with those two guys, uh, and uh-huh. they talk to him about fatherhood and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my god, this is too fucking funny. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Uh, so great. So. So there's this one scene that's just absolutely incredible, and it, it, I guess it's incredible for anybody, but if anyone has seen the movie Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, it was absolutely hilarious. So uh, for you, those are not familiar, there's a uh, great movie about salesmen, very dramatic movie written by David Mamet with like Jack Lemmon and uh, Ed Harris and Al Pacino and uh, Alec Baldwin, where they're salesmen, and Alec Baldwin shows up at the beginning of the movie, and he, uh, he screams, put that coffee down, and he just belittles all the salesmen and everything and he's like uh you're all fired you're all lost your jobs you have one week to gain your jobs back and everything so that's the scene from glenn glary glenn ross well it's a great scene where uh Harley Quinn Smith and her friends are kidnapped by the Klan, by these Ku Klux Klanmen, and oh God. they've they've got them in the back of a van, and they're all tied up, and they're having this like Klan meeting in the middle of the uh, like this field with all these torches lit and everything. And uh, Silent Bob, obviously, Kevin Smith doesn't say a word through the whole movie, and he actually uh, he's like. I, uh, uh, Jay's like, we got to do something. We got to do something. And all of a sudden, you see the clansmen talking to each other. And one of them, the main guy, takes his like mask off, and it's Chris Jericho, oh, <laughs> who's super, super funny in this scene. And uh, uh, Kevin Smith uh, or Silent Bob uh, walks in, and it's the one scene where he talks through the whole fucking thing. And oh, he, I love he, he does, does the Glen Gary scene. He's like, put that torch down. <laughs> <laughs> and he just belittles him and he says, you're all fired. He says, uh, torches are for Klansmen. They're not for you. <laughs> and he oh, goes shit. into this like five minute rant that I just, I was like ear to ear smiles. And I'm looking around in the theater and I was like, no one here has seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, because they're clearly right. not as uh, thrilled and as happy as I am right now. Right. <laughs> and it was so funny. The The only other time that Silent Bob talked is there was a great scene where they're at the end where they're watching the clip of Val Kilmer and uh, uh, Melissa Benos, the uh, the Supergirl girl, during the Blunt Man and Chronic movie, where uh, uh, Val Kilmer plays, obviously, the Kevin Smith character, and he types on his cell phone and holds it up and shows, like, a, like, sad face on it. And then they cut to... Uh, 
Kevin Smith or uh, Silent Bob in the audience watching it. And he's like, holy fuck. <laughs> Not realizing that he could have texted this whole time. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, he starts texting. Well, there's a, there's a great scene where uh, when they, they're going to this, the, the place where they are actually going to kind of meet them to kind of take down the reboot is called Chronicon. So it's like a con with uh, the chronic uh, and the blunt man and everything. And it's everything smoke related and Kevin Smith related. And uh, so Kevin Smith comes on in front of the audience playing himself. So in in certain scenes, you got Silent Bob is in the scene and also Kevin Smith is in the scene. And uh, at some point, Harley Quinn Smith looks at uh, Silent Bob and he says, you know, you look a lot like that director. So what they do is they take... uh, they go to Kevin Smith's dressing room and knock him the fuck out and put Silent Bob in his clothes. So Silent Bob comes on stage like he's playing Kevin Smith and it's like this mind warp that you can't believe is happening. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and then he gets off stage at some point because it's it turns into this like whole terrorist thing and terrorists are trying to take over the Caracom. And Silent Bob goes and finds like an old Iron Man suit. And, like, you know the old school one that he wore in, like, the desert in that first Iron Man movie? Yeah. So he puts the Iron Man suit on, and when shit's getting really bad, you see the wall busting down, and all of a sudden, Silent Bob wearing the Iron Man suit busts through the wall, and Kevin Smith's on the the stage, and he's like, oh, someone's going to get sued by Marvel for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It was so fucking enjoyable, dude. And it had uh, these great scenes at the end of the credits and everything one of the best scenes and i'll talk about it uh one of the best little clips uh that he put in at the end of uh it's just kevin smith talking uh on one of those imdb cruises that he does during comic-con and he's talking to uh stan lee and uh he he's like would you like to read some uh role from my new uh blunt man and chronic reboot with me and stan lee's like yeah that's fine and uh stan lee starts reading the roles and he's playing uh he's playing one character and he's uh He's asking uh, Silent Bob questions, and Kevin Smith's just looking at him, not answering. And uh, Stan Lee's like, you're not going to answer me? He's like, I'm Silent Bob. He's like, oh, that's right. You don't talk. He said, well, get the fuck off my scene and get Jay up here. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Stan Lee was the best. It was so funny, man. Yeah. If And and you're familiar with Kevin Smith's work, so it's one of those movies that if you're familiar with him, it's so great. There's There's a great scene where they they show the back of someone's head inside a church and all of a sudden Matt Damon turns around and he's like, Hey, I'm Matt Damon or I'm, I'm the first Loki. You know, there was a, your kids might not know that there was a Loki before the Avengers movie. He says, (laughs) I was the, uh, and a lot of people wonder what happened to me. And he just goes into this whole scene where he talks to the camera and he just makes this one joke and it just cuts away. And that's the last time we see Matt Damon in the whole thing. But I mean, you get to see Jason Lee at the comic shop working as Brody from Mallrats. You get to see, uh, uh, Ben Affleck playing his, uh, chasing Amy role. And you get to see that girl from chasing, Amy is in the role with them. It's just, it's so much fucking fun, man. So it, it really helps if you like Kevin Smith's movies, but if you don't and you're into some like slapstick, silly ass stuff, it's, it's still worth it for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I definitely want to check it out for yeah, sure. It's definitely good. It's on, did you say it's on Amazon prime? Amazon prime. Yep. So okay, cool. Check it out for free, but hell yeah. Yeah. That's it for the 2010s and our little, uh, condensed pod that we're doing here for the next few weeks. 
Which I'm glad we get it uh, we get it through, man. And it, from what I've learned from a lot of the other podcasters, it seems like that's what everyone's doing right now. They're just doing over the phone or they're doing Skype ones and everything. So it's cool that a lot of people are uh, not only listening, but still kind of creating uh, stuff during this whole fucking pandemic that we're all dealing with at the same time. Yeah, no yeah. shit, man. Have you been out at all? Uh, yeah, I made, I went up to, uh, Home Depot, yeah. um, you know, got some, got some supplies. I yeah. made some, I made a little garden from like scrap wood that I had around here. Nice, man. I'm going. telling you, so many people are going to get so many household chores done and stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, what else are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay productive. Yeah. But other than that, no, I, I don't go out. I, I stay here. Yeah. You know? Well, other than going to work in the early mornings, we really don't go out. We went out yesterday to get a pick up a kitten down off of uh, the interstate. But re- literally, we just drove down, and we had this woman like uh, we we gave her the money. She put the uh, cat in the uh, in the carrier, and then we just drove home. And she was just as concerned as we are with the uh, with the virus. So we're like, we're just gonna give you like a hearty thumbs up. We're not gonna yeah, give you a hug exactly. or a handshake or anything like that. So. So, uh, yeah, we've tried to stay home. I've gone to Publix or the grocery store around here a couple times and still out of toilet paper and everything like that. It's insane that yeah, people no, are is. still out of all those essentials. But hopefully it changes. Maybe by next pod we'll have our stimulus check. <laughs> yeah. Fat chance, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-June, those suckers will be r- rolling in where everyone's already half starving. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy, man. It's crazy world we're living in now, but we'll... We'll keep looking at the upside, at least for a while. Yeah. Well, but, there's 10 comedies for people to go and watch. To take yeah, your mind off all good ones, too, man. And like hysterical. I said, um, uh, I bet a lot of the ones you picked are streaming right now, too. So uh, there's so many different streaming services that are getting some stuff. Have you seen, and I don't want to get off on like a movie thing yet, uh, but have you seen Tiger King yet? I haven't. Um, you got to see I've it, dude. Thinking, you got to yeah, see it. Yeah, I've been thinking about checking it out. I, so good. I don't know, man. I, yeah, a lot of times when things like that get started, just trends and people following that, for some reason I'm like, eh. But this one this one's a good one. Pretty pecu- pretty peculiar and interesting. It's so. really fascinating how absolutely it, it's very Florida. Let me just say that. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and yeah. the characters in there are wild. I told my mom I, I was like, you need to stop what you're doing and watching it because we watched. There's only seven episodes and they're like 45 minutes each, and we. Uh, we did it in like a day and a half. My mom did it all in one shot. She's like, I just started and then like seven hours later, just finished. So good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so everyone's wow. kind of binging it now. So yeah, it's definitely worth a watch if you guys are home. Everyone's home alone watching stuff. And I, I know it was like the big thing of last week. Everyone's memes were Tiger King related and stuff and definitely warranted pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. Can't see a lot of movies. I just ordered uh, 1917 on DVD. So that should be here uh, soon. I'll have to let you borrow it once uh, once I'm done watching it because that was another one that came out just before this pandemic hit that was uh that's probably the last movie i saw in the movie theater i think was 1917 it might have been one after that but i don't know uh really good i saw one after that but i honestly i don't even remember what it was called it's crazy man it's it's crazy how dead the music movie industry literally is right now and all uh and they're just releasing all stuff streaming now so yeah i mean yesterday star wars came out so that's available now for people to watch so it's it's good that they're keeping up on that type of stuff but uh but yeah but next week next week we've got some with me and dave we have a um we got the other tom hanks one and then we're going to do a star trek one and then uh we'll figure out from there if you and me are going to do another one we'll pick another cool topic but you can always check us out i didn't do the uh 
I didn't let everyone know where they could go last week. I didn't even realize it until I was editing the pod. And I was like, oh, I forgot to tell everyone we were on iTunes and SoundCloud and all that. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're on iTunes and SoundCloud and on Facebook. You can definitely shoot us a, a message on Facebook. We're on there all the time now because there's nothing else to do. And right. emails at uh, gmail.com. Uh, fascinated with films at gmail.com. We'll get back to you. Uh, but, yeah, until next week, we are uh, we're out of there. So see ya. Never stop. Never stopping. Oh, fuck, he's got a secret identity.